Welcome to The Great Divorce Podcast, hosted by divorce financial analyst and retirement planning counselor, Andrew Hatherly. Join Andrew and guest experts as they help late life divorcees build the financial and mental foundation for a meaningful future. There is life after divorce. Now on to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 30 of The Great Divorce Podcast. My voice sounds a little rough today. Please bear with me as I'm suffering from a bug that I probably picked up on a crowded airplane over uh, Thanksgiving. Or it could be due to swallowing a lot of salt water and Cozumel snorkeling last weekend. Regardless, we must soldier on. Although this podcast may be a little shorter than most to preserve both (laughs) my throat and your ears. Anyway, we strive for quality over quantity, right? So let's uh, get on with it. Today we finish our four-part series on the tools of positive psychology. Well, let me correct myself. Today we finish the 2023 portion of our series on the tools of positive psychology. I know we'll have a lot more to discuss in 2024 on the subject of positive psychology and how we can use it to grow from the major transition of late life divorce. To finish this four-part series, I want to focus on a tool called the Wheel of Life. Now, the Wheel of Life is a very popular tool used in personal coaching. It's sometimes referred to as the wheel of success, or the coaching wheel, or even the life balance wheel. It's seen as a tool to help people assess their satisfaction or dissatisfaction with different domains of life and to help people set goals. Many psychologists argue that our life is out of balance when our basic psychological needs are no longer being met. A common example would be if you are focusing too much on work while your relationship with your family deteriorated, or maybe you're prioritizing your finances over your spiritual growth. It's been argued, and I think this is probably accurate, that this can cause real harm to both your body and mind, and bring on a lot of stress. Proponents of the wheel of life would argue that an appropriate balance between the various areas of your life will enhance your overall well-being. And it's no coincidence that the wheel of life is the fourth tool of positive psychology I'm presenting in this series. After the Big Five Personality Assessment, the VIA Character Strength Survey, and the Japanese concept of Ikigai, which we've all discussed in previous episodes. The wheel comes as the fourth in this series because I'm not convinced that it shares the same utility or effectiveness as the other tools. Now, please feel free to disagree with me. You may find that the wheel of life is a very helpful tool for you. That's why I wanted to present it because I think different tools work for different people. Much as I find the Wheel of Life tool to be somewhat problematic, you may not share my enthusiasm for something like the VIA Character Strength Survey. 
Essentially, my issues with the Wheel of Life tool revolve around the concepts of balance and goals. You see, it's taken almost as a sacred cow that we should strive to have balance in our lives. But I'm not sure we should always seek balance. I want to get into that in a little bit after we discuss the tool of the Wheel of Life itself. Another thing is that setting goals is an activity that's often a lot less than it's cracked up to be as a useful tool for getting through life. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have goals and strive to accomplish things, not at all. But as we've seen through the other tools of positive psychology that we've discussed, we often don't know what we want, and we often have a tenuous understanding of who we really are. The future is uncertain, and who we will be in the future is uncertain. I think it probably makes sense to do a deeper dive into the benefits and potential perils of goal setting on this podcast sometime in the future as a separate episode. But for now, let's get back to the wheel of life. So it's a very simple tool. Imagine a pie or just a circle with 10 slices in it. Each one of these slices or segments represents a different life domain. For instance, career and work could be one slice. Other slices might be health and fitness, family and friends, romantic partners and love, money and finances, spirituality, fun and leisure activities, your environment, growth and learning, and spirituality. You can see how this pie chart would look by just going onto the internet and Googling the wheel of life or some of the other terms I used before, like life balance wheel. There are lots of wheel of life templates on the internet. Um, I provided some online resources in the show notes to the podcast for you to check out for further study. You'll see that within each slice of pie, segments are numbered from one to 10 one being the closest to the center of the circle and 10 being on the outer edge of the circle. Once you've identified these important life domains, you may have eight or use the 10 examples I just mentioned, whatever, you can rate these on a scale of one to 10, with one being not at all satisfied to 10 being completely satisfied. After you rate all these domains, then you have a chance to sit back and think about it and maybe talk about it with loved ones, friends, life coaches, if you have one, your therapist, whoever. So essentially, you're checking a spot somewhere either on that slice of pie close to the inside of the circle or close to the outside of the circle. If it's close to the inside, around one or two, then you're not at all satisfied with, say, the leisure activities in your life. But if you're checking, uh, uh, checking a box close to the outside of the circle for, let's say, romantic partners in love, say 9 or 10, then you're completely satisfied with that aspect of your life. So I think you've got a good idea of how the, of how the, uh, the wheel of life looks. And as I say, you can find plenty of examples, templates on the internet. By connecting the dots or drawing a line from your ranking of one area, to the adjacent slice of the life pie, 
What you will see visually is likely a pretty jagged or bumpy looking circle inside the pie with some domains or areas of life providing you a great deal of satisfaction, and others perhaps very little, and others maybe an average level of four, five, six level of satisfaction. This provides you an opportunity to review the wheel as a whole, to consider its overall shape and the level of balance inside the wheel. You might ask yourself how you feel about the shape of the wheel. What surprises you the most? What would you want to change the most with respect to the shape of the inner wheel? What category of your life domain would you most like to improve? And what do you need to do to improve a low level of satisfaction in any particular area? You might ask, is there something you could do in one particular area that would improve more than one other area? For instance, and this is rather obvious, but perhaps spending less time on work would improve both the family and spiritual dimensions in your life. However, would there be an offsetting effect perhaps on the financial area of your life if you dedicated less time to work? These are the type of questions you need to ask yourself. And it's important to view this tool as a snapshot of the present moment in time. It gives you some information about the the now, and may point to gaps between your current situation and what you want for the future. In this sense, it's a good tool to come back to periodically to review how your life might transform over time. You should revisit the wheel and rescore it periodically to understand the changes made and the, and the things you need to do uh, going forward. Ongoing check-ins are also helpful to understand overall patterns of behavior and any negative thoughts or emotions that are blocking the changes. It's also important to understand that balance is rarely retained for long. Circumstances and priorities change. The aim is to continue the journey toward balance and avoid entering a fixed mindset that prevents transformation. I guess this last point is my issue with the wheel of life. The idea of the journey toward balance. While the tool can be useful to pointing us to areas where we might need to pay more attention in order to improve the quality of our lives, I don't think rankings of these domains should be necessarily a similar seven or eight all around and make a perfect balance circle. A, that's probably impossible to achieve, but I'm not even sure it should even be desirable. I remember thinking about this a while ago, thinking about how we're told we should live a balanced life. And I wondered if that was accurate, if a balanced life wouldn't be an impediment to success. Of course, that depends on how we define success, which is why the wheel of life will be used differently by different unique personalities. I've been thinking a lot about the concepts of balance and success and flow. And it's not so simple to say that we should be leading balanced lives when activities that put us into a flow state may lead to a sense of euphoria and a great deal of success that paradoxically may also be accompanied by a great deal of unhappiness in other areas of our lives. 
I think about my favorite Beatle, John Lennon. He wrote the song Help in 1965 at the height of Beatlemania. It could be argued that no other popular artist received such a level of critical and commercial success as the Beatles did. When asked about the song in the 70s, Lennon always referred to it as one of his favorites. And why, he was asked. Because I meant it, he answered. You know, I'm astounded by the fact that over an 18-month period, it's really incredible to think about, from the end of 1965 to the middle of 1967, the Beatles released the albums Rubber Soul, Revolver, and Sgt. Pepper. They also released the singles Penny Lane, Strawberry Fields, Paperback Writer, We Can Work It Out, Day Tripper, and Rain. I'd say that John Lennon and Paul McCartney were in a state of flow, a period of tremendous productivity and success. Yet Lennon was very unhappy at the time. And I wonder, was it because his life was completely out of balance? I couldn't find the citation, but I seem to remember Bob Dylan once saying that his greatest achievements in the mid-60s were written at a time when he was completely out of balance. I think he's even said that you can't write songs like he did, tremendous songs that he wrote during that period, and have a balanced life. So is it a trade-off? Do we need to sacrifice success in some areas to lead a more balanced and contented life? Or does it depend entirely on how we define success or both? I think there's a constant push and pull between the categories in the wheel of life. I don't think we're ever in a state of happiness for long. I do think something approaching contentedness is possible, and it might require us to enjoy or endure periods of imbalance. I don't know. I don't have all the answers. I'm musing here. I'm just musing. But I'm curious to hear what you might think. That's all for today. All the best over the holiday season to everybody. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the Gray Divorce Podcast. To learn more or get in contact with your host, you can visit Andrew's website at transcendretirement.net. Also, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Information provided is educational only and should not be construed as legal or tax advice. Each situation is unique and should be discussed with your tax or legal advisor prior to implementation. Andrew Hatherley is not an attorney and does not provide legal advice. Information provided is financial in nature. Advisory services offered through Hatherley Capital Management, LLC. Divorce financial analysis services offered through Wiser Divorce Solutions, an affiliated company.